Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. This is Beyond the Benediction. Thank you once again for joining me on another podcast journey. I thank you for your support as always. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Hit that bell notification so every video I do, you're notified so you don't miss an episode. And for those who listen to me on the podcast apps, thank you so much for your support. Keep listening and also join me on YouTube so you can see me as well as hear me. Also, there are going to be special things I do that are just going to be for the YouTube channel that won't be available on the podcast app. So make sure you subscribe to my YouTube page, Beyond the Benediction Podcast. Go there, put that in YouTube, find me, subscribe, join the family. All right, thank you so much as always. Now let's get right into this week's episode. I got a sense of urgency because that's what I'm talking about today. Having a sense of urgency for us as Christians. Name this episode is It's About Time. Now, time is something that is almost not always tangible, but it's something that all of us adhere to. But time is probably the most valuable thing that we have outside of salvation, of course, (laughs) because time is the one thing that we can only spend that we cannot earn. So we only have a certain amount of time on this planet. And God has allotted us a certain amount of time to do his will. Because Christians, we're called, again, I've said this on previous episodes, to not just sit back and enjoy the fruits of being a Christian and know that salvation and heaven is our home. So we just kick back, relax, and just wait for Jesus to return. No. (laughs) We know that's not what we're called as Christians because God has done so much to save us. He has so much he expects from us. One of my favorite scriptures, I know you'll probably say, Kevin, you got a lot of favorite scriptures, what I do, <laughs> is Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 10. And it says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. That's such an empowering scripture because the lessons know the way God values us as a creator, as we're part of his workmanship, the work of his hands, but we create us in Christ Jesus to do good works. That means that God has work for us to do. He has plans for us. And these are good plans. So that's even better, more of an encouragement. But this is another thing. It says he prepared in advance for us to do them. So there's a work that God carved out for you and I when he decided to create us. When he created Kevin, he said, I have a task beyond a benediction. among other things, for Kevin to do. And you and I all have ministries and things that God has created for us to do, work he's created for us to do. And we have to have as Christians a sense of urgency. Hence the topic of this week's episode. It's about time. It's always about time. How are you spending your time? Does that mean that you can't have any enjoyment in life? Of course not. God wants us to enjoy life, enjoy family, enjoy friends. The world is created for us to enjoy. So by all means, enjoy your life. But also with that enjoyment comes responsibility. And God expects us to do the things he's called to do. Now, I always say this on many episodes. 
God's work always involves God's people. So the work he's called us to do is going to always be involved with doing, helping, serving, and of course, the most important thing, leading other people to Christ. But again, there is a time factor here because you and I don't know how long God has given us, but he expects us to use the most of our time. Again, can we enjoy our lives? Yes. Should we have fun? Yes. But you got to understand that that has to come in the shadows of you doing what God has created you to do. One more scripture and we'll go on to the first point. It's Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And it says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep. For salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Wow. So Paul in that Roman letter is saying, that's his mercy. And if you've just turned on the TV Look on the computer, look at news. There is a sense of urgency. The world, as we know it, is not a good place. And the world is full of people who are becoming increasingly hostile to things of God, God himself, the people of God. So he's called us and it's incumbent on us to do the work. And the time is out for us to give excuses. The time is out for us to give reasons and rationale for why we aren't doing what God has called us to do. Regardless of what you may do in terms of your vocational career, God still expects you and I to have moments and opportunities where we can share our faith and to tell people the goodness of our Lord and Savior. And we have to understand, I'm going to talk about this in this week's episode, it doesn't matter what level of acumen you have in terms of scripture, no matter how Learn as you are. You don't have to be a bishop. You don't have to have a position in church. You could have been saved two weeks ago or 20 years ago. You still have an opportunity and a responsibility to share God's word, to do the work that God has called us. So this week, we're going to talk about why we should have a sense of urgency and why it's about time for us as Christians to do what God has called us to do. The first reason why it's about time for us to get busy doing what God has called us to do is because God's word needs to be shared. Now, of course, I've talked about this on previous episodes, but we as Christians are built and designed to use the gifts he's given us for his glory. And we bring him glory by telling other people about Christ. Just imagine something that you found out that was a great deal, a great sale on something. You, your favorite store had a tremendous sale. Chances are you would not wait to call all your friends and family members and say, hey, the store that I love to go to, everything is 50% off. You need to go down there because everything's going really, really cheap. You would not have any issue with sharing that because it's something good. How much more is it for us to share the good news of Christ? to our brothers and sisters. But it's not just because it's good news, but if it's good news and people don't know it, that means that they're living in a state of bad news. I talked about it a few minutes ago. The world is in a very bad place. The world is full of people who do not know Christ. And God is not saying, I'm going to just necessarily crack open the sky and put neon lights, I am here, please worship me. He wants us to be his PR. He wants us to be his advertising. So we need to share the word of God because there are people who don't know the good news. Think about it. There are celebrities and people that you may know in your family, in your sphere of influence, 
who have taken their own lives and don't have the joy that knowing the Lord brings. And it's because we have been derelict in sharing the word and they need to hear the goodness of God. They need to know that God loves them, but God also has a standard for every single person. Whether or not they choose to believe the truth does not change the fact that the truth is the truth. As Christians, we can't go around operating as if we're just going to wait for God to do the heavy lifting. He's called us as Christians to share the word to a world that needs to hear the good news. Let me give you a scripture. Acts chapter 17, verse 2. It says, as was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and explained that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. So we see Paul went to the service and it says for three Sabbaths in a row, three services, he used the scriptures to persuade people about the gospel. Think about that. That's an interesting scripture if you think about it. Granted, you're talking about Paul being someone who's a new convert to Christianity, so to speak, but he's going into a place where they heard about the prophecies, but they didn't believe. He went into a place that was not necessarily going to be receptive because they were taught all this time. They were God's chosen people. Now, here comes this Paul guy who was one of them, who was a Pharisee. Now you're telling me everything I believe was not necessarily the case, and Jesus is the real deal. So that's what God expects us to do. Because Paul didn't look at the place where he was going. He focused on the fact that time was of the essence. He had to go to every person he could to tell them about Christ. So much so he went to the synagogue, i.e. church people. Now, can we be honest? How often do you hear the gospel preached in services on Sundays? When was the last time you were to service? And there was a service, a sermon dedicated to an evangelistic effort to tell people who came that, you know what, if you were saved, that's great. This sermon will help you to be fortified in your belief. And if you're not saved, guess what? This sermon will help you to establish your belief. Because the reason why we gather together on church on Sunday is not just to get together in fellowship, which is good. Not just to give God glory, which we should, but to be equipped to share the gospel to the people in the world. And sometimes, a lot of times, people come to church and they don't know Jesus. They just know you. You invited them to church. They heard about this God stuff. They heard about this Jesus stuff. And they want to come and see what it's all about. Now, that's when it's our job as a church, not just on Sunday, of course, to tell them the good news about Christ. So God's word must be shared because there is a point, and I'm going to talk about this in this week's episode, where there won't be any more time left. There's going to come a point when we have to understand that God's going to return. Jesus is going to return and reclaim, as I talked about it in previous episodes, reclaim his bride. So we have to have the mindset that we're looking for opportunities to share. And like he's doing, preach the word. Again, he went there and look at what happened in verse four. It says that people were persuaded and joined the church. Now, of course, we know that God is the one that ultimately draws people, 
but he uses us as drawing instruments. So can you and I be available for God to use us to draw other people to himself? Can we be available? Are we knowledgeable enough? Are we learned enough to at least know some scriptures to share the word of God like Paul is doing? Because it says here, he explained the prophecies that were in the scriptures. So now this is the key. If you have been saved for a certain amount of time, you have no excuse for not knowing any scripture. And I know this may come off as harsh. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but at the same time, it's a realistic expectation. If you've been doing anything for a certain length of time, that's a certain level of expectation of knowledge of that subject. So why is that different for us as Christians? We think as Christians, and I'm going to say something that might be harsh. Forgive me in advance. <laughs> Christians can sometimes be the laziest religious folks there are. Let's be honest. Because we think a lot of times that our job as a Christian is just to receive Christ. We feel like we don't have to read our scriptures. That's the preacher's job. We don't have to study our word. That's Sunday school teacher's job. I don't have to teach my children about Christ. That's the you church's job. No, you are responsible to learning about this Savior who saved you. Think about it. Someone thought enough of you to go on the cross and die for you, and you're too lazy to know about Don't I just know this person died for me. I don't know nothing else about it, but I just know they died for me. Think about how disrespectful that would be to Christ, who at least says, I want you to not just receive my gift, tell others about this gift. And the least you can do is learn about the person who gave you the gift. That's the baseline of expectation of just being respectful. So again, God's word must be shared. And there is a time frame in a sense of essence because time is ticking. One more scripture for this point. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 2. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people would no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. Wow. Second Timothy passage is, is so great. So first thing that I want to talk about in that scripture that's so important. One of the things that I think the church does a disservice about is we use this word calling. That everyone has a calling on their life. And I agree that God has called all of us to do certain things. There are individual talents, individual things that he's called us to do. That not everyone has that same area, but we're all called to the same thing. The scripture talks about we're all called to the same ministry. Ministry of reconciliation. That's to all of us. But this Second Timothy scripture, when it says preach the word, this scripture is not directed to those who are called to preach. It's not directed to those who are called to be pastors. It's not directed to those who have a calling on their lives. This is directed to all those who have been called by God and all of us have been called by God. So guess what? You need to start working on your sermon. Yeah, I said it. You need to start working on your sermon. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean you go home and bury yourself in a whole bunch of books and get you a three-point sermon to get ready to preach on Sunday. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when you are out in the street, when you are out and about, 
and that person God puts in your path to share the word of God, you in essence are preaching to them. You have been called to preach. And then look what it says. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Think about it. Does that not convey a sense of urgency? It's not about get ready to preach, to share my word when you're comfortable or when you feel like it or just the people who have your same skin complexion or just the same people who live in your neighborhood or just the same people who agree with you. This scripture is saying preach to everyone, whether the time is favorable or not, whether it's conducive or not. And it says we have to correct, rebuke and encourage people with good teaching. Now, think about it. Sense of urgency. It's about time, right? Verse three, the time is now coming. And here people don't want to hear good teaching. They don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear the good news which is even more of a sense of urgency for us to share the good news. If you knew someone was standing on the edge of a cliff, is on the verge of falling off, would you hesitate to go grab them and snatch them off? Would you stand back from a dis? Oh my goodness, Kevin's about to fall. You know what? Maybe I should do something about that. No, if you see me on the edge of a cliff, Please come get me. (laughs) Don't let me fall. So the same thing happens with us. Everyone who does not know Christ is standing on the edge, the precipice of life and eternal damnation. So we need to have a sense of urgency. Now, again, I'm holding us Christians to task. There's so many bad doctrines out there. There's so many false teachings out there. And if we keep our mouths closed in the face of all this loud, false teachings, how will they hear the good news? They don't know there's good news, and the scripture talks about it. Another scripture says, how will they know unless we tell them? We have to take it upon ourselves to tell and share God's word. Have you ever just remembered and thought about the fact that every day that passes, someone is closer to hell? Someone you know in your house, someone in your family, And dare I say, let's keep it real. Someone you may sleep next to every night might be one day closer to eternal damnation and hell from God. So we need to have a sense of urgency. It's about time for us as Christians to get off of our, you know what, (laughs) and get busy and share God's word. It's not a suggestion. God is requiring us. To do it. The second reason why we need to have a sense of urgency and it's about time for us as Christians to do what God has called us to do is that because God's people have been commissioned. Again, piggybacking on what I just talked about. The moment you and I gave our lives to Christ, we gave up all rights to do what we want to do. We gave up all personal privileges. Kevin no longer belongs to Kevin. And Kevin no longer belongs to the world, thank God. (laughs) And that goes for you. You no longer belong to the world. You no longer belong to you. You belong to God. That's one thing to be someone that's corralled by God and covered by God. But we've been commissioned by God. Now, have you ever considered the fact that if you commission someone to do something that says something about the person that you're commissioning? God is calling us to do this because he believes in us that we are called to do it. 
but he's also called us to do it because he knows he's going to be with us as we do it. But again, theme of the episode, we have to have this mindset that time is ticking. There are people who are perishing. There's a guy that I went to school with. And you know, after school, a lot of people invariably you lose track of them. You don't see them anymore. And it was decades I hadn't seen this guy. And we reconnected on Facebook. We never talked because we, you know, we just friends on Facebook like a lot of us have friends on Facebook. One day out of the blue, I got a call on my phone and it was a Facebook call. And at that time, I didn't know you could do Facebook calls. And it was him. But I didn't answer because I was like, oh, you know, I don't feel like talking right now. And I'm like, okay, this guy called me out of the blue. I haven't spoken to him in 15 years. So I didn't answer. A couple of months later, he died. And that thing stung me ever since. Now, I have no idea what he thought about Jesus. I don't know what his life was like. I don't know if he was a Christian. But it always bothered me that that might have been God giving me an opportunity to share the gospel with that brother. And I decided, because I didn't feel like talking at the moment, and I talked to him. He may have been reaching out to me because I had been putting stuff on social media about my faith. He may have said, wow, let me reach Kevin because I found out he was sick. He was in the hospital and he died. He may have been literally on his deathbed. And let me try to call someone who knows about Christ and help me understand because maybe I'm thinking about becoming a Christian. And me didn't even answer the phone. That's going to bother me for the rest of my life. We need to have a sense of urgency because just like we don't know when God's coming, we don't know when God's going to take someone else. So we have to be about God's business every single day. Let me give you a scripture. John chapter 9, verse 4. And it says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Again, sense of urgency. We don't know when God's going to call someone home. We don't know when God's going to call us home. We don't want to be guilty like I just felt of a missed opportunity. One of the hardest things to get over in life is regret, especially when it's something you could have done to change a situation or, or change an outcome. Now, granted, obviously my, my friend, God had determined that's what he's going to call him home, but who knows what opportunity I missed out. So we have to have this attitude that night is coming. That these people we talk to, we don't know when it's going to be their last day. We don't know how God positioned them to reach out to us. Now, who are we if we are supposed to be so grateful and so thankful for what God has done for us in a salvific sense that we're going to be negligent in an evangelistic sense? That we're going to determine, well, I, uh, I'll do it later. Uh, I'll wait till tomorrow. Well, I'll wait till next week. Next Sunday, I'll start my Bible reading plan. You know what? New Year's, I got you, Kevin. New Year's, I'm going to start reading my Bible. Let's be real, y'all. Let me ask this question. <laughs> Here it is in December. How many of you still kept your New Year's resolution for beginning of 2022? I didn't keep any of mine. <laughs> so I'm being honest. So it's not about a resolution. It's about a responsibility. And we have to have the mindset that God has commissioned us. He's called us to be his representation. Think about how wonderful of a privilege that is for God to say, Kevin, I trust you to represent me here on earth. Brother, sister, God is telling you he trusts you to be his representation here on earth, to say and act and do what he would do. That's a major responsibility and it's also a major task. But we 
have to have a sense of urgency and resolve ourselves to the fact that it's time to get busy doing it. <clears throat> one more scripture, we'll move on to the last point. Very famous scripture. One of the first scriptures I really picked up when I started reading the Bible. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission, right? I'll read it. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Wow. Think about that. You can't get any clearer than that. He told them, I have authority and I'm authorizing you. I'm commissioning you to go out and make disciples of all nations. That appeal to the disciples still appeals to us today. When was the last time you had a mindset that you wanted to make a disciple today? When was the last time you thought to yourself, God, help me to lead someone to Christ today. Put me in a position where I can share your word. Put me in a position where I can evangelize. Lead me to someone so I can share the good news. Because you hear someone talking about Christ, let's be honest. Most of the time, the PR about Christ is about what he's done for us in the terms of he gave us something. You look on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you see someone dancing, shouting because God healed them. Great. You see someone healed them because God gave them a financial blessing. Great. Someone gave them a car. Somebody gave them a house. Somebody gave them a new position at work. Great. These are all great things that should be celebrated. When was the last time we celebrated someone coming to Christ? When was the last time we had the same level of exuberance, of joy, of happiness because the devil just lost one? We don't have that same level of celebration. And that's maybe why people don't come to us, because when they hear us saying stuff about Christ, it's always about things and not about people. It's not about winning souls for the kingdom. It's all about how God blessed me. The biggest blessing you'll receive is seeing other people come to Christ. I can tell you for myself, the moments where I have been there, when I've seen people's lives change because the light came on and they accepted Christ, you can't get a better experience than that. Let that be something we share on Instagram. Let that be something we see on TikTok, or on Facebook, that we see. Let me tell you how God moved in this person's life and now they're safe. Let me tell you how this person called and told me how they're excited about that scripture they read. Or how they are excited to go out and evangelize. You know what? This person told me, now that they're saved, they can't wait to see other people saved. Those are the videos, as Christians, we should be putting out. That's the way we honor God. And that's the way we show that we do understand there is a sense of urgency. And we do understand that God has commissioned us to do the work that he created us to do. The last point for this week's episode of why we have to have a sense of urgency, it's about time for us as Christians, is that God's wrath will be unleashed. I talked about earlier in the episode about we don't know when God's going to send us home. We also don't know the day when God's going to come back and judge the world. The Bible makes it clear that even Jesus, when he was on earth, said he didn't even know the time of the day. We don't know when God is going to come back. And the people in the Bible times, they acted as if God could come at any moment. And why don't we have that same sense of urgency? We have gotten, I mentioned earlier in the episode, and I'm just being honest, we can be very lazy and slothful as Christians because we think we have all the time in the world. 
We just know and we just take God's grace for granted. I've been living this long and God's going to make sure I see tomorrow. God's going to make sure I live to see my grandkids. God's going to make sure this, that, whatever. How many people you know didn't make it to tomorrow? And if you would have asked them the day before, they had no idea they were not going to make it to tomorrow. But that's not even the scary part. The scary part is that person is going to be judged. You and I are going to be judged. So in this judgment, it's not going to be pleasant for those who don't know Christ. And these are people that you know personally. People that you know, again, a cliff example. There's somebody who's going to fall off that cliff. There are people who are going to fall if we don't go out and reach out. Because guess what? It's going to be a point where we won't be able to reach them. And they're going to suffer the consequences. Now, their falls are going to be because they've chosen to put themselves on that cliff. But when we talk about all the things of God, we talk about his great things, all of his great qualities. God is just. And if he's just, that means there's a wrath to come. And he's going to unleash his wrath on those who don't know him. You and I have to have a sense of urgency to tell people about the wrath to come. And because it seems like it's not coming, doesn't mean it isn't coming. And I think that's what happens with not just Christians, but the world. The world just exists day to day. The sun comes up, the sun comes down, you go to work, you come home, you deal with the kids, you do with the family, you get caught up in the race of life. And we have this idea that we, again, we have all the time in the world. But there's going to come a moment when your life is going to end. My life is going to end, and we're going to st stand before the judge of all, as Leonard Ravenhill would say, the tribunal of tribunals. We're going to stand in front of him, and he's going to ask you, what did you do with my son? And if your answer is anything less than accepting him as your Lord and Savior, as much as God loves you, you're not going to be with him in eternity. Don't you think if, if that's the truth? We should have a sense of urgency. Don't you think if that's the truth, which we as Christians believe, we should have a mindset to be willing to tell as many people as possible about the wrath of God? We can't be silent about something that's so serious. We have to have a sense of urgency. It's about time for us to be real about the wrath of God. First scripture for this point, Matthew chapter 24. Starting at verse 37, very awesome segue into what I just said. Matthew 24, verse 37. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going on and what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be. When the Son of Man comes. Wow. Think about that. A lot of theologians saying that the flood was a symbol, a precursor to the judgment. That those who God wanted to save are in the boat and those who did not receive his protection, the boat, i.e. Christ, were outside for destruction. But look at what it's saying. Just like now. People think, well, you know what? These people talking about Jesus and... Man, I'm 50 years old, 40 years old. I've been talking about Jesus since my grandmama been around. And Jesus ain't coming back. Why he ain't come back now? You know, all this evil that's going on in the world, he should come back now. They don't even realize the reason why he's hesitating to come back is to give you a chance 
to come to him, to give you a chance to the no example to get in the boat. God is showing his grace and mercy through his patience in sending people like you and I to tell them to avoid the wrath to come. And just like in the scripture, they didn't know when that day was going to come. But think about this. They knew Noah was building a boat. They knew Noah said that the rain was going to come. So just like them people nowadays, it's our job to be the Noah. To say, guess what? I'm building a boat, i.e. Christ is your boat. And there is a storm that's coming. You got time to get in the boat. You can come in. And just like them, well, I don't want to get no boat. No, no, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. I'm going to go ahead and get this bag. I'm going to go ahead and do my life and do me and, and live my best life. I'm going to do that. And totally ignore the fact that the wrath, the flood is coming. But it's up to us to be those heralds because God's wrath is coming. And it's a sad thing to deal with and to understand and to realize that there are people that you and I know and love. That will not get on that boat. But the thing is, they can't say God and not give them an opportunity. And because they lived a lifetime of not wanting to be in God's presence, they're going to spend eternity outside of God's presence. God's wrath is really God honoring their decision to say they don't want him. So you and I as Christians, our job is to at least give them the opportunity so with nothing else, they can say, nobody told me. One last scripture for this point and we'll wrap up. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 6. It says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. Verse 8. He will punish those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. That's one of those scriptures you rarely hear read anywhere, church or otherwise. But if we believe that the Bible is true, the entire canopy of the Bible is true, we got to honor that Second Thessalonians passage. And the word choices are so powerful. It says God's going to punish those who do not know God. Now, when it says do not know God, it doesn't mean that they don't know there is a God. The know in that sense is to have an intimate relationship with God. In the King James Version of the Bible, when it says Adam knew Eve, of course, they were talking about knew her intimately. That's the same kind of know that's in this passage. You and I have to have an intimate relationship because think about it. Adam consummated his marriage with Eve because he, we're grown here, went inside her. As Christians, the Holy Spirit is inside us. So God consummates his relationship with us by dwelling in us. So if God does not know you intimately, it says you are going to be punished. 
And not just because they don't know God, but they don't obey the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Common logic. If you don't want the good news, only thing that's left is bad news. So it says here they're going to be punished with everlasting destruction, shut out from his presence. There's no one on this planet who we would want that to happen to. And every person that lives and goes to sleep and wakes up the next morning is one day close to that being their reality. So do you think as Christians we're supposed to be sedentary? Do you think as Christians we're supposed to sit back and not say anything? We see people living in lifestyles that God doesn't approve of. We see people openly defying Jesus. Does that mean we're supposed to just be ruffians and get involved in every spiritual or denominational or theological fight? No. But what I'm saying is we have to have a mindset of wanting to get busy because the time is ticking. God is going to put you and I in the positions that are totally suited for the gifts he's given you. He's not going to ask you to do something that's outside of what he's called you to do. The question is, are you available to do it? Are you willing to learn? And this is the key to it. I mentioned this in a previous episode. I'm going to say this and we'll wrap up. As Christians, we got to get busy getting to the word. Because that's our weapon. That's what drives us. That's what gives us the impetus to share. We can't share what we don't have. You can't give a scripture to someone if you haven't read the word. You can't tell someone what thus said the Lord if you don't know yourself. You can't just be content to just sit back and wait for the pastor or the preacher to spoon feed you. If the only time you ate was a spoonful here or there, your body would be malnourished. If that's the case, just imagine how malnourished our spirits are. So we have to take it upon ourselves. Again, it's about time. It's time for us to get busy doing the work that he created us to do, Ephesians 2.10. Let me say this, just as a point of reiteration, and we'll close out, that it's about time for us to get busy doing God's work because God's word needs to be shared. God's people, you and I, have been commissioned, and God's wrath will be unleashed. It's a sobering thought that people you and I love are going to be denied entry into heaven. So because of that thought alone, if we don't want that to be the reality for people we know, as Christians, we don't want that to be the reality for anyone. One of the litmus tests of a true Christian is that you are bothered and grieved when people are not saved. That the fact that there are people who are day-to-day who are denying Christ If that doesn't bother you, I have to question whether you're really a Christian. You can't be cold to the salvation of others and still call yourself a Christian. But it's more than just feeling bad. You have to do something. Now, what do you do? Your gifts, your talents that God has given you, hone them, shape them, develop them. Get around people who can help you grow. Get into the word. Pray. Spend time with God so when he gives you those scenarios, you can be obedient to what he's called you and I to do. We have a lot of things in life that God has given us. One thing that we can't say we really do have is a lot of time and we don't have any excuses. Please, I behoove you, 
Get before the Lord. Ask how you can be best used for the gifts and talent he's instilled in you. It's about time for Christians to stand up and be what God has called us to be. The world is waiting on you. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I pray that this episode blessed you. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction. Until next time.